Well, first things first, uh, Ron, good to see you again. How are you? Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. All, all is, uh, all is in its right place. It, it seems like for the first time in a while. That's interesting to hear you say that because on the album, now, now we're moving quickly to the album, but there, there is some mention of not, not having figured things out, uh, to some extent. So, so, so what makes this a good time for you? Uh, well, these days I, I go day by day. So I say like, you know, today, today is an okay day. There's not a lot of lingering anxiety or a lot of things to worry about. You know, there's a little bit of sun outside. Um, don't really have anywhere to be today. So I just try to like take, I try to take things that way. Um, Cause when I get into the big picture sense of the world, I make a record like this, but you know, so when I say all is good, all is in its right place, I'm talking about today. Tomorrow could be very different. Yesterday, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, especially with the record, all that stuff is kind of always orbiting around. But no, yeah. Well, what are these weeks uh, like leading up to an album release? Because I, I think the album must have been finished uh, uh, a while ago. So, so what is what are these days? Is it just a lot of tension, a lot of ang- uh, not anxiety, but anxiousness, I suppose. Or, or what? What are the feelings? Yeah, it's uh, it's a tension and maybe a little bit of anxiety about the whole thing because, well, one thing that's strange that's sort of become normalized over the last few years is like the reliance on the internet um, mm-hmm. in terms of sharing things with the world, gauging reactions, conversations. It's all internet, social media based. And so when you when you kind of base your sense of the world or, or or a record or anything that you're trying to do on that, it can be very bleak and strange at times. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean, you know, the record comes out in a few weeks and I'm and I'm home and we don't start touring until March. So it's kind of I just feel like what am I supposed to be doing right now? Am I supposed to be I don't know. That's just like a weird sort of limbo period where I guess my inner, uh, like my natural desire would be like to, to, to get out and play to celebrate the record, but it's going to be kind of delayed. So yeah, just like sitting around tense, feeling like I should be doing a lot of things, but I don't know if I should. So, <laughs> but yeah. You raise an interesting point. And I think even for, for an artist uh, as yourself, you've been around, but you're, you're, you're not old by any uh, means. So, so have you already kind of felt that, that shift in the music industry where it's, as you say, it's more about numbers on the screen than, than kind of actual looking into people's eyes in a way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, since I especially started this project and put out the first record, I mean, it's always been a part of it, but I really feel like the last few years it's dominated the whole thing, you know, with live being removed from the picture for a few sure. years. Um, but then in a counter to that, almost like the numeric social media, everyone competing for the, you know, to become, uh, you know, competing for like the infinite space of social media has become so ramped up Mm. and which makes sense because going out and doing what we used to do, like tour all the time and the human connection has been reduced. So we're all kind of like doing the only thing that we can. I think it's kind of backfired because I feel like now it's harder to, it's even harder to cut through or connect Mm. on a thing that was kind of designed to do so. 
So it's very, it's a very weird thing. And then, and then once tour starts, you go out and play the shows and there's people there that might be singing along and you're like, Oh, not all is pointless. Um, it's just kind of getting, getting to there, but it's certainly different. Uh, I don't know if and when it'll ever kind of go back to that original pre-pandemic feeling where there's this like certain level of excitement and connectivity around things, but yeah, no, not to make it too, too kind of sociological or something, but, but I feel uh, like in the seventies, you had the, the, the punk scene and it was a really close knit community with all those magazines and, and everything that was going on. And it seems like, in general, a general society has become more, uh, how would you, individualistic, I suppose, more and more separated from each other. Do you think that, that music has a, a, a role of trying to bring each other back together or have, have kind of things like Spotify and has that kind of diverged the whole, uh, fragmented the, the whole audience in a way? Yeah, I... <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, like I said, it's maybe too no, philosophical no, or something. But... No, it's a great question. It's a great thing to think about because, yeah, initially music was the thing that brought people together. And it still does mm, in, sure. in a live sense, I think. But in the context of the Internet, it kind of feels like everyone is their own competitive island, like maintaining their brand and their image and, like you know, self-promotion. And that with that comes like an inherent narcissism and kind of self-importance which is the individualism that you're talking about i think that's a direct result of social media uh and going from being this fun thing that people did to now this definitive thing that people do especially in arts where like you have to be on it you have to use it you have to maintain this avatar and so yeah with that comes like uh it is it has to be individualistic mm-hmm. which i kind of hate and so like that's that's always the conflict with me with going on there and you know this pressure to like <laughs> use social media use tiktok because i just can't seem to approach it in a in a serious way that people do that do it professionally like influencers and stuff you go on right and they're just they're so sincere and they take the whole thing so seriously i'm like <laughs> are we living we used to we used to you know, live and then share parts of life on there. But now I feel like people are kind of living to share, which is just a fucking crazy development. Um, and I just think it is, it's, it's taking away from the sense of community uh, in music and everything. And like I said, that's why I just, I'm excited to get back on tour because that's when you remember the point that you're reminded of exactly because because it's not like that connectivity isn't there it's just undershadowed by all that 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 stuff online i suppose but is is this then where um a song like can my flowers even grow here comes from where that because the way i uh, heard that song is i'm getting older now and I'm, I'm realizing I'm no longer in touch uh, with the youth. And then kind of, I don't understand a lot of things that are going on in the world uh, yeah. anymore, or at least perhaps I never did. So is that, the, is that where a, a song like that comes from? The kind of looking at the world around you and all this, this crazy stuff happening and not being able to make sense of it in a way. Absolutely. And I think a big part of it is 
like trying to be decent, trying to be a decent person, trying to put good out into the world. And sometimes the picture is just bleak and, and dark and chaotic and the world is just like becoming more separate. And I think that song comes from the question of I'm trying really, really hard to do the best I can and, and be a decent person and contribute. But some, on some days it just feels pointless. Like, can, mm. and I even cultivate what I'm trying to in a landscape that has gotten to this point. And, uh, yeah, there's sort of a mention in the song too, like thinking about, um, especially younger generations that are sort of dealing with the backlash of the choices of previous generations, like sure. thinking about them too. Like, you know, I've had a chance at least to see multiple different eras, but like kids being born into this or growing up in this, uh, it's, it's um it's a lot to in i guess inherit on their on their on their behalf so i i don't know it's, it's yeah, tough to I, some days I, I wrote something about that down and i can't remember if it was something specific of a song but but it feels like today i mean like in the, even this year the year's only just started and we had this this tra uh, tragic earthquake in uh, syria and turkey and it, it feels like, and, and then all the bullshit that happened last year, it feels like every month it's like just waiting to have, okay, what tragedy does, especially the younger generation have to deal with now, so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's it's relentless <clears throat> sometimes. And that's where a lot of this, that's really where this record comes from is that the balance between trying to sustain and live and like find peace and survive, but then there's like always this cloud of what is going on <laughs> and going between the two states. Like, should I care? And if I care that if I care a lot about the world and everything going on, the, the, you know, sort of the, the, the downside of that is that it comes with anxiety and stress because you're actually thinking about it and you're caring about it. And then there's the other yeah. side where it's like, well, I've got my life and my house and my stuff that I've got to do that I've got to maintain. And that's actually pretty okay and within the confine of my house and my neighborhood and it's just a weird place to exist and i, I uh i don't know it's just like you're walking down the street sun's <laughs> out everything's fine there's no one attacking you but in the back of your mind you're like it's like 75 degrees in february uh <laughs> and, and you see people out in the street that are struggling or and then you you look on the news and you're like this is going on here and it's just like, what how do you how do you navigate all of this? Uh, you know that's what this rec record probably is about. Um, when does when does a record like this that start for you? Is it just a song, or just just maybe just an idea of a song that that kind of sets this whole thing off or sets this whole thing in motion? I guess it's two parts. I the way I started this record is I went back to a couple of old songs that never got finished and recorded properly just to kind of get into the, the headspace, like ones that yeah. I liked that I thought were still relevant uh, in, in what they were talking about, maybe more so than before when I actually wrote them. And I kind of started there to get into the headspace. And then from there, I really just asked myself, it's 2022. Uh, what can a guy with a guitar contribute to the world? Because making music for music's sake just doesn't feel right for me. So what's the answer? And the answer is talk about what's really going on, which has always been kind of a natural path for me, sure. but one that I've kind of gotten away from. And so 
that was kind of it. Just like answering that question. Like, well, it's easy. <laughs> Look what you're going through. Look what everybody's going through. Look what's going on. Make a record about it. That's the justification for making it. That's what feels natural. And these songs, these old songs, kind of help get me in that space. So, is is part of that? And you mentioned kind of straying away from from that a little bit in in, in years past. But uh, is that kind of what you meant by it? And I don't remember the song, but uh, kind of taking off those rose tinted glasses and 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 looking at the world true color. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it's like the point this record, the way that the reason this record exists is because of that. It's like choosing to get out of my own little bubble and be willing to be aware of what's going on. And like, that's kind of step one. Like, no, everything is not all good all the time. Uh, even if it may be directly, you know, so yeah, that's kind of the beginning is like, Oh, I'm going to be aware. And not good, not good everywhere. And then, and this is um, kind of the the thematic elements. And I, I want to get back to some of those points uh, a little bit later on. But I also want to give a little bit of attention to the music because I, th I think, and this is just my interpretation, but th this was perhaps your your most diverse album. I, I feel like it's really uh, melodically uh, sound without losing its edge in a way. Um, so, so what was your approach, approach musically? I mean, I, I like in, um, I can't remember which song it is, uh, in San uh, Benedetto, those, those, those kind of sharp, uh, solo bits in between, and those kind of musical choices. What, what went into that? Um, well, an another part of it too with this record was kind of, I think, accepting what I'm probably nat most naturally inclined to do or good at. Because uh, I've experimented a lot over the last few records, like with yeah. genres and instrumentation that is not my comfort zone. So with this one, I think it was um, find a balance between the two. So not be attached to, to genre per se, but at least the instrumentation. Like there wasn't even a lot of guitar on the last album, but I'm a guitar player. It's like, don't compromise or like rid of the thing that you actually do just to kind of like self-sabotage, like embrace the instrument that you play. So that was a very simple, obvious way. Like this is a guitar record again. And the last one wasn't. Um, and then finding ways to, um, I guess, incorporate fucked up kind of unexpected sounds to, to modernize it because you know, I'm definitely not one like in in a sense like to, to do anything revivalist. So I think if you're gonna kind of write straightforward guitar songs, it's like let's find a way to at least be aware of what's happening in music now. So I think that was like the guidepost for the sonics on the album. Um almost like there's this song, what's the opposite thing that should happen in it? And then put that in there, and then maybe that's something new. Do you keep up a lot with with modern music then? Because some artists I hear that they, they don't like to listen to a lot of music uh, because they don't want to be influenced by it. But but do you keep up with kind of what's going on? Recently, yes, and for a long time I didn't. I was very purist, like stuck in mm. stuck in the you know seventies, eighties, nineties, previous romanticizing previous eras. But and I was kind of resistant to new stuff. Um, for a while, but over the last few years, I've like found a lot of amazing new stuff that I like 
and em- and just embraced what's happening in a way because that's kind of like all the artists that I really love. That's sort of what they've always done is mm-hmm. you write songs in the way that you write them. You have your worldview, but you kind of evolve with the times in your own way. Cause I just feel like it's probably essential and it's also like what I have a genuine interest in. So moving it forward, it's all about moving it forward. I think it's, it's, it's interesting that when you said um, kind of evolving along with the times that I, I think at least thematically goes back to the album then as well, where a lot of people are stuck in the past and they can't kind of get with the program in a way. For sure. For sure. And like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that in my, in my life or, or, or with music. Well, uh, fair enough. You know what I mean? It's been done. So, um, I, I can pick one, but is, is, is there one specific song that, that had, uh, that was very important to you that that you kind of needed to get off your chest or, or, or I suppose all of them are but did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear how can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients can we be healed with sound sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives In the podcast Audio Branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Well, there's sort of a tie between two for different reasons. Um at least I'm dancing is a really important song to me because I feel like it's probably the m- most honestly, the most me recording or song that I have, because it's just sort of myself embodied in a song, like how chaotic it is, how it goes between like two very different things, even um, like the really stark contrast between like being nihilistic end of the world and then being like blindly optimistic. I feel like that song really captures who I am as a person. And there's like a humor to it. Like it's a borderline right. like joke and, and all that stuff together, I feel like is the most me, but also the big song, the song, big truck energy. Um, you know, you asked like a song that I really need to kind of get off my chest. That was, I think lyrically, um, probably the most important and most intense and direct, uh, song on the record that, almost has like a discomfort to it that I like because mm-hmm. it's, it's like really pretty head on uh, and clear about what it's talking about. Um, so, and that one, that one actually almost didn't even make the record. Uh, okay. Kiata really encouraged that one. She heard the solo demo and I was just going to kind of forget it. She's like, I love this song. Like, can I produce it? So she brought the whole thing to life okay. and I'm very glad that that one made it on. Let's start with that, uh, that one. Then I, I don't drive uh, in America. Driving is a, is obviously an important thing. I can imagine a song like this being written like five minutes after encountering some road rage. So, 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 what what was the kind of the lead up to the song? Um, it, it's it's kind of a combo of like a series of re- of interactions that I've had with people. You know, you in America, you see these guys with these unnecessary giant souped up pickup trucks. And they've got like the, you know, the right wing extreme extremists, like gun guns and freedom and America and Confederate flags. And just like all this bullshit that they, you know, 
project every right. day when they drive around their big stupid truck and they're like big, you know, there's a thing called rolling coal um in America, which is like where a pickup truck will drive by like a small car and then just blast them with like a big cloud of black smoke. Oh, okay. It's just it it's insane. It's like the most insane uh it it's it's like one of the most problematic mentalities that I think exist in America. Like these people and the way that they think and the way they put them, like present themselves to the world with their big stupid ass trucks and their, you know, their it's, like it's, lack of care for the environment and the messages they put out with their, um, so seeing that, um, you know, the, some confrontations like th that I've had, uh, weird looks you get. And then, other one of the big images that sort of inspired the song was when we were in Nashville, uh, there was a big like Black Lives Matter protest happening in downtown Nashville. And it was a beautiful protest. And we just drove to go see what was going on. And there was this giant truck of like all these backwoods guys, like just racist Confederate flag guys circling the protest, like trying to be intimidating. And mm -hmm. that was a lot of the song, like I remembered that and I try to get into their headspace and like caricaturize them, I guess. Um, this is a very long sort of explanation, but like all of these things I then took and put into a single sort of anecdote combined. And uh, it just kind of wrote itself because it does these days, I guess. And I, I, I might have asked you this in, in previous interviews, but but. Does it help kind of writing these songs? Does it in a, turn, uh, in a way of venting uh, frustration or something? Definitely. Um, I feel, I find it harder to, to be that direct probably in real life. Like, am I going to confront these people? It's probably pointless. It might get, it might turn, it might not go well, but in the context of song, I really don't have any, I don't feel the need to hold back at all. So mm. being able to, you know, process all this information and immortalize it in song is very therapeutic. Uh, uh, I like it. Oh, that's good. good to hear. Um, the other one you mentioned was at least I'm da dancing and then you raised a good a point with that one. There's always some tongue in cheek and, 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 and some sense of humor. And then this one as well as kind of, there's, there's a hint of optimism as well at the uh, kind of like, okay, the world could be burning, but let's uh, kind of what you started with. Let's focus on today and today's all right. So, so um, yeah. How, how do you, how do you balance kind of between hope and despair in that sense? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I think mm -hmm. it's, well, no, actually, no, the answer is like being, present you know focusing on today you know what's going on here and now uh that's really the only way that i can do it because if you if like you get on your phone and you're just absorbing all of this stuff all the time and you're it will crush you so you have to you have to find balance by just being okay make a meal sit on a couch hang out do stuff you like hang out with people you like you know see it's all very, very simple. It's leaning into the moment and the simple things. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. I wrote a line down from which I found interesting. Um, how can we dance together if gentle and kind are overshadowed by clever? And it reminded me of uh, that great dictator speech uh, by Charlie Chaplin. And there's a line in there. Um, 
Our knowledge has made us uh, cynical. Our cleverness uh, hard and unkind. So, so this 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 idea of, and I I agree. And the first time I heard it, but this goes back to what we started with. With we we have so much knowledge at our disposal, and and the question then is, uh, does it make us less or more kind? That that because we talked about individualism. I, I had a whole course. I have a degree in American studies, so I have a whole course on uh, individ, individualism in America and everything. So do you think our cleverness has made us unkind in a way? For sure. Um, I don't think it helps. I think I think it's almost, that's just like a weird form of competition. Mm. Uh, you know, trying to outsmart people or be the best, you know, it, it inherently like makes everybody turn against each other. Uh, and you know, it's the whole like knowledge is power th thing in certain ways. Yes. But at the same time, I think it's also important to remember that nobody really knows anything. So like humble yourself, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter factually what, you know, or how many things that, you know, and found what, to, what decided what to believe in or what your belief systems are. All that stuff is fine, but it's not really useful because if it's not serving the point, which is like, we're all just people living a somewhat mysterious existence in a place. If we can't always just remember that first and foremost, it's all problematic because it just gives us more reasons to be separate from each other. Oh, like, mm -hmm. you know that, or you believe that. Well, I believe this. Okay. Next thing you know. So I just, the brains, they're, they're the, they're the problem. Uh, yeah. And yeah. That's sorry to to interrupt, but that's that's where a line from Vanity March comes in for me at least, and and this is something I've been th thinking about a, a great deal. You can't see past yourself these days, and I think that's that's one of the biggest problems facing humanity. We can't see the world outside of ourselves. We see the evil in others, but not in ourselves. That kind of thing. For sure, for sure. I mean, that's and the way that it's all structured now. Uh, I think with internet is like it's pushing everybody to become more and more like that. Mm. Um, you know, and it's like it's all. I'm not even going to be one to say like, oh, it's internet, social, it's evil, like everything. It's it can be beautiful. I'll, it can be beautiful. I think the important thing is that we have to remember the main point first. Sure, like none of this shit matters. You know, it, what matters is like I said, it's like that humbling thought. We're all just people sharing a place. Nobody really knows anything. Like. Bring yourself back to earth. You're, you're not better. I'm not better. Nobody knows more about things that actually matter. It's just like, so yeah, like do your thing, but remember that. So you're not taking it so seriously and like taking what you think so seriously because your reality is just one of seven point however many billion. That's it. You know, if we could all just remember that. <laughs> Final question, then uh, going back on tour. You say it's it's been delayed a little bit, but you're going to play. Um, I think I think in April and March. Uh, so so what if what if the preparations been like uh, towards playing live? And then we mentioned that connection. Have you everything? Do you have everything figured out, or is it still a ways to go? Um, figuring each run of the tour out at like at in order. So. We like just got the South by Southwest March post album release stuff figured out. And then uh, now figuring out the, the run in the US in April. And then we're coming to Europe for a whole month, which is a longer one. So then it's kind of, we're starting to get into that. There's a lot more logistics that go into the international stuff. But uh, it, it's really bizarre because 
when we did the same things years ago, it's, it just felt very dialed in and simple and didn't really mm-hmm. think too much, but things have gotten way more expensive and way more complicated. Uh, so now it just seems like so much more thought has to go into everything that you do to make it possible. So I guess it's just how it's going to be now. Uh, so it's, it's a changing world. It's a changing world. Yeah. And it's, it's like the, the, the risk is it's like more risk for less reward, but I don't care. We have to do it's it. A, it. The final, final kind of observation then, but is, is that kind of the, the, um, <laughs> the the fate of a, of a, of a traveling music a musician or a touring musician that there there's always risk involved. Yeah, and there always was, but now there's all these new risks. So there's all the old ones mm. that are more risky in terms of just being able to afford to do it and the cost of everything. <laughs> sure, all that thing, all that stuff. But now there's like all these new elements. Um, so. Yeah, I guess it's it's not it's not for like the faint of heart. Like you really have to you have to be like a do or die kind of person, I feel, in order to sustain this. You know, I what feel ke- personally like I have no so, choice. So Yeah, what keeps you saying do then? Sorry to interrupt it's it's a bad habit I have, but what no, makes no. you say do then? Um just no choice, really. <laughs> to be honest with you. I I'm like I'm just in too deep. I don't know how to do anything else. This is what I know. And so that's what kind of keeps pushing it forward is almost uh, out of necessity. Okay. Yeah. Ron, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Another great talk. I appreciate you.